We're going to talk domestic cricket now uh, with a member of Cricket South Africa's Members Council. At SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter. Okay, so I don't think I have to remind you about what's happening at Cricket South Africa, but uh, we do uh, have an update here, and uh, we're joined by, as I mentioned, a, re- a member from the Members' Council of Cricket South Africa, Mr. John Mukhodi, just to tell us what is the latest. Good evening, Mr. Mukhodi. Thank you very much for speaking to us here on SAFM this evening. Good evening to you and good evening to the SAFM listeners. Thank you. Thanks Thanks for your time. We know a lot has happened over the past few weeks, even the past few months. As, as somebody who's part of the Members' Council, how do you describe what's happened? The resignations, the sackings, we've also seen sponsors pulling out. Thanks, Tavi. So, yes, it has been quite interesting, hasn't it? Mm. And um, you know, from a Members' Council perspective, we clearly were concerned, just like the rest of South Africa, we wanted to find out what is going on, um, are some of the things that, that are being printed true or not, and what is Peter Africa planning to do about it. So that was our whole view. Hence, we went into this workshop last week for mm-hmm. two days where we discussed in detail um, what was going on and we discussed a road work, a roadmap going forward. So, yeah, um, we, are, we are quite positive and we are quite, quite um, chuffed, but also we are not underestimating the amount of work that needs to go in now, um, which has already started, to make sure that cricket goes back to its winning ways. And before we get into that, that workshop, uh, Mr. Mukhodi, uh, for those who might not understand or not follow, uh, who makes up the Members' Council and what is the role of the Members' Council? All right. Um, think of the Members' Council in terms of um, a company. So a company will have shareholders and it will have directors. Mm-hmm. So the shareholders are the people who who own the company. So in, in this instance, Members' Council is made up of 14 member presidents. So there are 14 regions in South Africa that play cricket. All right. Although we've got nine provinces, we actually have 14 cricket-playing regions. And um, the Members' Council is made up of 14 representatives of those, of, of, of those regions. And what was top of the agenda then at the two-day workshop? Top of our agenda was the Fundbuti report, was our AGM, and um, was our MOI. Those were the three main um, sore points that we needed to discuss and get clarity on. And with the AGM, why was it initially postponed? What, what, what clarity do you have? All right. So, as you'd recall, um, the Board of Cricket South Africa commissioned a forensic report. Yes. That report was concluded and was um, then given to the independent members of the board. So there are three independent members of the board. Um, they were given that report end of July. So we were supposed to have our AGM on the 5th of September. The members felt that how can they go into an AGM not knowing what is contained in the forensic report? So you're going to an elective AGM you're going to vote um, and make decisions about cricket, but you don't know what is in the forensic report. So it was very important for the members to have access to the forensic report, to also have access to legal counsel to take them through each of the points in the in the forensic report so that they can make informed decisions. So that was one of the reasons why the AGM was postponed. The second reason why the AGM was, was postponed is our MOI. Through the forensic report, um, it was pointed out that our MOI is outdated, our mm-hmm. MOI is not fit for purpose, and our MOI is hurting cricket. 
So we need to then discuss what are the what are the sore points in the MOR that needs to be dealt with honestly, and then um, amend those points. When we go to the AGM, we're going to an AGM with a with an MOR that's fit for purpose. The last reason why the AGM was postponed was around the nominations of independent directors. Mm-hmm. So there was confusion regarding that. Um, uh, and it was important that that gets dealt with. And I must just add that that confusion is also brought on by our dated MOI. So those are the three main reasons why our AGM was postponed. Is there a date now for the AGM or a time frame? All right. Yes, there's a definitely a time frame. So our MOI states that um, we need to have our AGM within 15 months of the previous AGM. So our previous AGM was in September 2019. So we need to have our AGM by December 2020. So um, it is that time frame. So we've got three months. I must also state that um, SASCOC will be um, involved in the decision-making around the date of the AGM. So once once that date is approved by SASCOC and by us, then that date will be announced. When you talk about the MOI, is that where you refer to the organizational structure and the role and responsibilities? Yes. So because of the unique structure of cricket, with the the members' council being the presidents, which then appoint a board, and the board then um, has an executive that runs cricket, those relationships need to be clearly um, stated and clearly um, discussed so that there is no ambiguity. Currently, um, there is a bit of ambiguity, you know, who who takes responsibility for what. So the delegation of authority needs to be clearly stated so that we know that um, in this realm of the business, these people are responsible. And in the other realm of the business, those people are responsible. So I believe that was ironed out. And the draft MOI will then be um, circulated to the 14 members mm-hmm. for comment and for amendments, and we are expecting that by the end of October, the draft MOI will be adopted and submitted to CRTC. So now, have you seen the report that everybody wants to see and haven't seen? All right, so we were taken through the report. Um, I made an election myself not to read the complete report. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, currently, Ticket Africa has 12 board members, and there are two vacancies, so there are 10 board members. Only three of those board members, being the independent board members sitting in Auditcom, only those three got to see the report. Me, sitting on members' council, I had the option of seeing the report, but I took the option of having legal counsel sit with me the whole day, go through each and every single finding, so I could ask questions. I'm not a legal person. I needed to make sure that um, I get full clarity, and all the other members also um, set in on that day to get full clarity on each and every single finding in that report. So does it mean the Members' Council is satisfied then that they've had access to the report? Yes, Members' Council is satisfied, and um, I can say unanimously so. Members' Council is satisfied. I think before our workshop, uh, some of our members, and rightfully so, um, were confused as to why is this report not being made public. And once we went into that workshop, all the legal risks were highlighted to us, and we could see which issues will attract potential litigation against us 
and which issues um, do we need to hold close to our hearts so that when we go into litigation, as the, the findings are articulated in our roadmap, um, we have uh, an advantage because every single finding and every single recommendation needs to be acted on. So from what you're saying, it's unlikely that this report will be made public then? At this stage, yes, it's highly unlikely that the full report will be made public because it, it, it will just hurt cricket. It's not in, the, in cricket's best interest to have the full report made public. But then shouldn't it be made public so then everybody starts on a clean slate going forward and we know what the issues were? All right, so let's say um, you met an executive at Cricket South Africa and that executive maybe offered you or your business a job and then it's now contained in that report. Now you, as so you see that report out in public and you are not given an opportunity to explain yourself. Now you could come back and sue us as Cricket South Africa for defamation because um, there's a report that contains your name um, further investigation has not been conducted into that particular uh, promise that was made to you. So for that reason, to protect Cricket South Africa from anybody who is mentioned in the report, we can't make it public yet. But are you already causing more damage then because people will feel like you're hiding something? That has been a very topical question. Exactly what you're asking. The members council have been grappling with that with our lawyers to say clearly we as members council have seen this report or we have seen um, uh, a summary of it. We know what are the issues. Can we maybe not extract issues that are of public interest and and then um, deal with those and issues that will not hurt Kyrgyz Africa? We need to to look at that. So at the moment I know that um, our acting president is working hard on that and I'm sure you'll be making a, a pronouncement soon with regards to um, the decisions around um, what what he and the members council believe should be disclosed and what should not be disclosed. So that that is that is working progress as we speak to this one. Okay, let's move on maybe to the, to the um, issue with SARS-CoV. Then we did speak to Mr. Ravi Govender from SARS-CoV and they told us their stance ahead of your meeting last week in the evening. It seemed like there was a stalemate in your meeting with SARS-CoV. Is that correct? Because they also want to see the forensic report. Yes. Um, maybe a bit of background regarding SARS-CoV. Sure. Um, as, as you might know, SARS-CoV were then given the forensic report. It was given to their president and... Um, the president had to, had to sign a non-disclosure agreement, which um, at that moment he then felt he couldn't sign the non-disclosure. Um, the rest of the board of SASCOC were also given the opportunity to go through the report in the same terms that our members' council were given. So pretty much they got the same terms as members' council, and they also then decided they will not, um, they will not sign an NTA. But after that, some further engagement, um, our acting president and um, the ex-acting president of SASCOC, Mrs. Koswana, um, they came to an agreement. And the agreement was that they will sit around the table. Our legal firm will then present the forensic report, all a summary thereof, to them. They will then ask every question that they need to ask. And from there, a task team will then be appointed, and that task team 
will then come in and assist our our already ongoing process of the roadmap, the roadmap into dealing with every finding in that report. So at the end, or let me say, at the beginning, there was definitely a statement, but our understanding now is that we are pretty much on the same page regarding that aspect of their intervention anyway. Of course, there are, there are two resolutions in their intervention that, that we are still talking about. It's still a work in progress. Um, those are, they asked our board to step aside for a month, and they asked our executives to step aside for a month. So knowing that we are going into a cricket season, we're going into uh, uh, an actually very exciting summer season, there is no way we could act responsibly by asking our executive to step aside who's going to run cricket for that month. So I think even that, we are now at least coming to an agreement and we expect that the task team will be in place soon and everything will be done to take cricket forward. Okay, so you are welcoming their task team then, but you want the task team to work in conjunction with Cricket South Africa, not for your executives to step aside and, and, and take leave for a month. Yes, so we are definitely welcoming the task team. Um, maybe just to, to, to give you a bit of a bit of comfort around this. So like I mentioned, our our three independent directors are dealing with with how this foreign report is being handled. Sure. Further to that, the roadmap into the roadmap is being implemented by um, a legal firm, all right? And then that's where the task team of SASCOC will be. The task team will be with the legal firm and our independent directors. None of our board members will be involved. None of our executives will be involved. And further to that, um, as the roadmap is being implemented and the findings are being dealt with, there will be a third party verifying the work of our legal firm so that it's complete and utter transparency. So there will be another, another legal firm that then oversees almost audits what's being done, and that legal firm will report to the stakeholders. And I presume that legal firm, when the time is right, will then um, advise us as to how to make the report public. Okay, let's just take uh, the last one or two voice notes here from Mr. Mr. John Mukhodu as we wrap up our conversation now with Mr. John Mukhodu, who is a member of Cricket South Africa's Members' Council, and he explained to us exactly who makes up the Members' Council and what their role and responsibilities are. Hi, Tabisha Tumania from Mosulpe. What I'd like to find out from the gentleman from CSA is now what is going to happen with the omitted parts of, of the report. Are they engaging the people that are mentioned or the, the, the transgressions uh, that, that, are, that, that are mentioned in, in the omitted parts? Are they engaging the people involved with those? What is happening? And the abridged report that is coming out to the public uh, won't... Won't it now appear as if it is uh, damage control, putting out a, a, a report, a, a half-cooked report out into the, into the public domain? Good evening, Tabison. Good evening to your guest. Uh, you are speaking to Libra in East London. What is the ICC position on this matter, um, on SASCOC intervening on the forensic report, on CSA matters, International Cricket Council said anything or have they just been quiet and then two i just want to get clarity on this time so uh, from the from, from your guest is the mzanzi super league going to happen this year sorry to to be out of topic but i just wanted to have clarity on that thank you it's uh, libra here in east london thank you
to you, Tabiso, and your guests. Look, if the forensic report details any form of criminality, then those involved should step aside and face the full might of the law. And it should be a stern warning to others not to take or tarnish the image of cricket in our country. Thank you for chapter two. Thank you, Chapter 2. I think your question and the one from the first voice note from Kumani are basically the same. Mr. Mukhodi, they want to know now what will happen to the aspect of the report that's not made public then? What will happen to those people or those companies or whoever is implicated there? Thanks, Tavi. So um, I must admit, um, the first voice note, I couldn't hear. Maybe you could um, uh, uh, articulate it for me. But um, the next two I did hear. Let's start with the last one. Criminality. Okay. Yes. So you can imagine exactly that question. That's the question that was in our minds going into um, that workshop last week. So we wanted to find out who's implicated and to what extent they're implicated. And um, we, we we went in the all guns basin because, I mean, we, we're not there to care for personalities or for, for to protect anybody. We're there to protect the game that we love. So when we went there, um, from a board perspective, we realized that um, there are two in- instances mentioned and there are no implications, there are no fin- findings, they're just instances mentioned. And um, that's when we we then took a unanimous decision to support the board till the AGM because we felt that there is no criminality relating to the board. So that's, that, that is how we felt about, about that as members' council. And that is... Earlier on, I mentioned that there are some some things in the Fundutsi forensic report that we feel maybe um, our stance regarding their disclosure should be should be relooked at, and I believe our acting president is working on that, so that we can just give the public confidence to say, you know what, um, this is what's happening. These are the people um, from a board perspective who are mentioned, and um, this is why we as members council have begged them to go to. To, to the AGM because of this is the type of uh, not even implication, but it's the type of mentions that, that appear in the report. So I know that me coming from cricket, it's going to be very difficult for 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 the public to trust what I'm saying with mm-hmm. regards to that. But um, hence, we believe that maybe certain things should be disclosed to the public and, and, and watch the space. I think it will happen very soon. And right, that, was the, that was the other question then, that certain things will be disclosed to the public, but then it seems like then that the report will be watered down and now the public will not have confidence in that report because not all of it is being made available. All right. So with regards to that, remember I mentioned legal implications of giving the full report to the public. You give the full report, you are now opening yourself up for, for, um, for legal consequences. So I don't believe at the current moment it will be in the best interest of cricket to make the full report public. Um, so who are you protecting it, then if you don't make the full report public? Right, we're protecting cricket South Africa. So let's say now, for instance, um, there, there's a company that, that unduly benefited for any reason. We've got a third-party legal firm that is now tasked to make sure that matter goes to court, to make sure that cricket... Um, uh, for instance, receives receives the money that it's supposed to receive. If we make this public, we are now preparing whoever our opponent will be in court. We are now preparing them because we are giving them the evidence we have against them. So it is absolutely nonsensical right now 
to make the full gambit of the report available to the public. It'll but are you saying there could still be implications afterwards, after you've gone through the report and, and, and you've made your decisions, those people implicated could still be prosecuted or whatever action taken against them? Most definitely. Like I, like I said, there are 20 findings, so 20 different um, things that need to happen. Some of the things need um, further investigation. Some of the things are ready for court. It's 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 that serious, okay. and we cannot risk um, we cannot risk cricket South Africa's um, uh, legal rights by by making this public. But do you understand the concerns of the public though, by by with this report not being made public? Oh, most definitely. I think um, if if you recall, our our previous president made a promise that the report will be made public. Once the report was in the hands of our independent directors, they read it and just exercising their fiduciary duties, they said, oh, oh, wait a minute, we need legal counsel here. Because we make this thing public, we are, we are going to open, um, we're going to actually open cricket to, to undo legal risks. Hence, we got a third party to come and assist us as to what to do with, it, with this report. So yes, I... I Personally, I haven't heard of a, of a forensic report of a company that is made public immediately. I think there are findings that need to be acted on, and once those findings are acted on, in our case, because cricket, is, it's, it belongs to all of us. It doesn't belong to the board. It mm. belongs to all of us. Hence, we have to get a third party to ensure that the roadmap into dealing with those findings, that roadmap is stuck to, and that third party will then have to report to all the stakeholders to say, hey, here there was board interference, or there was no board interference, or here this person is being protected, or this person is not being protected. So we really want to make this thing as transparent and as independent as possible. Hence, hence we are welcoming SASCOP. Yeah. So la- they can be yes. part of the solution. Yes, the last one, Mr. Mukhodi, is from uh, the questions from Libra. What's the ICC's position? And he wants to know if there's any update on the Mzansi Super League. All right. So from Members Council, um, on both questions, I. I do not know what is... All I know is what I see in the media with regards to that. I know that yeah. South Africa has written to the ICC, and I know that um, Cricket South Africa has written to the ICC, and I know that the Cricket, I know that ICC has not responded. That is what I know from the media. But sitting on members' council, I am not privy to the internal communications between ICC yeah. and, and Cricket South Africa. And at this moment, I'm not privy to um, the executive issues regarding... MSL, whether it's going to be, um, uh, uh, when it's going to be launched. Remember, because of COVID, sport needs, needs the permission of the minister. So I'm not sure what's happening on that front with regards okay. to, to. No, that's fair. That, that's fair enough, Mr. Mukhodi. But thank you very much for joining us on SAFM Spot On and for giving us some insight here. We might not agree on certain aspects, but at least you've given us your side of the story and we can only appreciate that and we'll follow up as we go along. Thank you, so thank you very much for the opportunity. Thank you very much.
Thank you very much. There is a member of the Members Council of Cricket South Africa there, Mr. John Mukhodi, uh, giving us an update from their side. Yeah, I know it's tough. It's tough at Cricket South Africa. I don't know if it's a mess. <laughs> Maybe it's a mess. That's the right word to use. I don't know if it's, that's the correct word to use. But yeah, it's just tough. I mean, you're going to leave more questions than answers if you don't make the report a public pub, pub, public there and i think that's what people are just saying that's what they want to know even zico smith wants to know who are they protecting with this report maybe then we need to do some investigative journalism here and get that report and just break it down for everybody i don't know anyway we're going to hear from Atazwane and dylan shepherd after this break give us your reaction the new assistant coaches at kaiser chiefs have been confirmed dylan shepherd moving with kevin hunt from beatvers vets and Atazwane being promoted from the mdc team has been part of the youth structures at amakosi and he's now back working with the first team